are listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 406 of Linux in the Hamshack. This is our deep dive episode, and tonight we will have an interview with our special guest who will be talking about his project. But before we get into that, I will say let's introduce the usual cast of characters. And I will introduce Cheryl, W5MOO, who is on assignment this week, and we'll be back next time. I'm Russ, K5TUX. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. Tonight we are going to be talking about another in a of, of you know so a line not a long line i guess but a line of projects we've talked about for doing amateur radio on different platforms and this one is well kind of specific to raspberry pi but also can be used in a pc scenario it's called ham pi and there's also ham pc a variant of the same thing uh, for the platforms that are relevant to those two things and we've brought in tonight the main developer and the creator of these projects, Dave Slaughter, W3DJS. Thanks for coming on tonight. Thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Well, um, we love to have people on to talk about their projects because there's nobody better to talk about someone's project than the person who wrote it. What better way to d- dive deep into a topic than uh, the people who uh, have created the guts of a thing and uh, that thing is HamPi and HamPC, and we're going to find out what it is, what it does, how you can get it, and how you can use it here pretty soon. But before we do that, let's go ahead and talk about Dave. Let's find out a little bit about you, your uh, history in uh, maybe coding, your history in amateur radio, and anything else you might want to tell us about you that kind of leads us up to the project we're going to talk about next. Oh, okay, a little bit about myself. Um just to give context here, HamPi is a software image for the Raspberry Pi. And in that greater context, I've been involved with computers actually longer than I've been involved with ham radio. As the story starts uh, when I was age nine, and I happened across a uh, Texas Instruments uh, TI-994A in one of the local Sears at my uh, mall. Uh, of course, malls are a bit of a dying breed nowadays, but back then in the 80s, they were uh, very much uh, thriving. And um, I sat down at this little TI. It was a, it was at a desk in Sears, and um, I tried uh, playing around with it and kept getting these syntax errors. But being a inquisitive person, uh, I started digging around the desk drawers, and lo and behold, I found a program uh, written in BASIC on a piece of paper. So I typed the whole thing in, which took quite a while, but you know, since I was age nine, I guess I didn't really care about how long it took. And when I actually typed in run, uh, the computer came back with syntax error on like line 60. And so I printed out line 60 again and compared it to the piece of paper saw where I had made my mistake, uh, retyped in the line, and typed in run again, and all of a sudden I had a little sine wave printing on the screen with little asterisks. So that began a very long uh, career, both uh, as a, well, a hobby as well as a career 
in uh, computers and software development, which has gone up to the present day. And um, in the in the in the present day, I've gotten much more involved with uh, ham radio, uh, probably in the last uh, five years. Um, I got licensed right around 2000, give or take, uh, but I really didn't use my license for a long time. It's really been the, uh, uh, as far as uh, working on two meters and 70 centimeters uh, FM, uh, probably the last five years. But with HF, uh, I've only really been using HF for the last two years. So uh, Hampi came into uh, being um, when I started doing uh, digital modes and getting more involved with the with combining with combining the computers and the radios. All right, very good. So, so you said this is an image for Raspberry Pi. Well, that usually means it's based on something else. So, I guess we'll get to that. But uh, do you, do you do anything specifically coding wise, or is this just an assemblage of applications to give you like a running shack, uh, you know, PC or single board computer or something like that? I mean, we're going to get further into this, but let's just start with the top level. That's a very enlightened question, and the way I'm going to answer it is that the very first version of HamPy was uh, didn't have a name. Uh, I just simply called it the W3DJMS image for uh, Raspberry Pi and Ham Radio, and there was a version one and a version two of that. Uh, that was put together by hand and it was done manually. Um, when I saw how much interest there actually was in it. I decided to put this together using an automated software toolkit. And that automated software toolkit is called Ansible. Ansible is for deploying uh, software and configurations uh, in the in the enterprise, but can also be used as a hobbyist uh, ham radio type computer setup. And uh, so I've put together um, uh, dozens and dozens of Ansible playbooks that, that get stitched together in, in one big playbook uh, that run on a Raspberry Pi 4 for about seven hours uh, to construct HamPi. So it is very much put together using an automated method and a, a very a streamlined and very error-proof method. Um, while there's no such thing as absolute perfection, uh, this is much more perfect than anybody putting this together by hand. Well, except to say that you've put it together by hand into Ansible playbooks, right? I mean, <laughs> somebody put it together by hand. Uh, well, sure. I wrote the Ansible playbooks, and uh, they are available on GitHub for inspection. So if people want to look at them and find uh, any errors and, and create issues, I'll happily fix any issues that come up. Uh, but for the most part, when the uh, Raspberry Pi starts up and uh, it, uh, with the image and boots into the HamPi image, which is the automated version, um, things just work. Uh, there's a nice GUI, men uh, there's a nice GUI desktop. Um, it's built on top of XFCE, and I'm not sure if there's a particular way to pronounce that. Uh, but, um, there, it, it comes with a menu and you, you click on the Raspberry Pi menu and it pops down and there's literally a ham radio menu item, which then has a number of sub menu items, depending on the categories of ham radio software. So instead of having one big, long monolithic menu, you have a number of sub menus where it's easier to navigate to everything. All right. Well, let's first say that you've just made John G7VRI very happy because you built this on Ansible, and that's like his life's work. So, <laughs> um, but 
so so are you saying there's two different ways to do this one running through ansible playbooks and one pre-built installable image or did i mishear what you were saying just now when i deploy the software to end users essentially i'm deploying an image that is something that people can burn to a sd card or rather micro sd card uh, or even to an ssd and run it without having to put together anything uh, they just boot it up and launch their programs configure them and then run it's it's pretty much plug and play uh, from my end in order to create the image i run ansible here in my shack on my on one of my raspberry pi 4s and it runs the ansible playbooks for about seven hours and uh, there's a number of steps that happen before ansible that are manual and there are a number of steps after ansible that are manual uh, in in order to package the software. And, and I have automated most of the packaging steps. Um, so essentially, if an end user wants to get much closer to HamPy, they can go to GitHub and clone my repository for HamPy and play with it locally themselves. And they can build their own variants of HamPy, uh, subject to the license, of course. Well, that's a nice segue into licensing, and we like to talk about that here. We're going to assume, since it's hosted on GitHub and that you're here with us on the show, that it is some form of open source license. So how is uh, Git, or, yeah, Git, HamPy licensed? Uh, it's actually a custom license that uh, I wrote. Uh, I am not a lawyer, um, but essentially what the license does is gives people the ability to modify it uh, as long as they keep in my attributions. And uh, we're not just talking about some about boxes. There's uh, there's actually uh, a dialogue that appears when you start up. And uh, it's it basically says, hey, I'm QSLware. If you want to get rid of this dialogue, um, go ahead and send a QSL card to uh, W3DJS, and you can find his address on QRZ. Um, so as long as that's not removed, I'm, and I'm pretty happy with things. Okay. Well, and obviously the source is available because uh, you've published it on GitHub. So that, I guess, makes it open source regardless of the, uh, the QSL license, uh, which is kind of a nice license, kind of kind of like uh, Beerware, but QSL instead of beer, um, both of which are kind of cool. Uh, so so you, you do set it up so that if you clone the repo, you can run through the Ansible scripts and build it yourself so you could make tweaks to it if you wanted to, but if you don't do that, if you just download an image, it will have everything pre-installed, of course. So, so this is a, an image. I mean, you'll download it as an IMG.xz um, thing. You'll burn it onto your micro SD, and you can boot up your Pi with it. And when that happens, what will someone who's using this actually see when they boot it up for the first time? Well, when they boot it up and they're looking at the desktop that eventually appears, uh, there's a custom uh, desktop that has a blue background. Uh, with the HamPy logo uh, pretty much front and center, and it says HamPy by W3DJS. Um, there's a couple of dialogues that pop up. Uh, one is about being QSLware. Another one is about changing your password because it, it's using a default password for the image. Uh, but once the person clicks through those two, they can pretty much just run it as is. Um, they see a menu bar, and they can click on the Raspberry Pi menu bar and They'll see the ham radio menu, uh, select that, and then a bunch of submenus appear, and they can launch programs off of that. Um, there are at least 90 ham radio software applications included with HamPy, 
And uh, so we don't have a menu that's a mile long. Um, all of these are divided up into types like weak signal. For example, with weak signal, you're going to have your WSJTX and JTDX software programs, as well as their uh, associated programs. Uh, in addition, I think grid trackers under that menu. Uh, there's there's an antenna analyzer uh, or antenna visualizer uh, menu. Uh, there's one for uh, voice. There's another one for D-Star, which has D-Rats under it. So it's just categories like that. All right, very good. So I was going to ask you, let's see, where was I going to go? So you have all these applications. Were there were there any of these applications that you had to do anything special with, or are they just installed from the playbook and installed by default, or did you customize any of them to make anything work better that you know that might be broken in a standard install or something like that? Or is there anything you were particularly uh, customizing or installing that might be sort of uh, esoteric for a normal amateur radio user of computers? Uh, there are a couple of modifications that have been made, and uh, once again, one can look at the Ansible playbooks and see all the modifications I made. Uh, the biggest one is that these ham radio applications uh, were under very simple categories under the menuing un, under the menu system, and in order to get them under the hierarchical ham radio menus, I've had to re rewrite their desktop files, uh, just specifically the categories line, so that they would show up under the proper submenus. Um, there was one very problematic program because it's very old, and uh, you're probably familiar with David Lim, uh, PA7LIM, I think. Uh, he wrote Blue DV. And the version of Blue DV that's Linux-based is several years old. And when I would launch it, uh, it would base, it might come up, but when I would try to bring up its settings dialog, it would immediately crash. Uh, I had to create a custom settings uh, INI file for it. Yeah, believe it or not, even though it's under Linux, it's an INI file. Um, and that was able to fix the crashing problem. But that was a particularly, um, uh, a particularly outstanding case. Most applications install uh, without too much in the way of tweaks. All right. That's cool. Uh, I was looking through the list of applications. There's quite a few here. I did want to ask, and I, I almost forgot to ask, when when the installer does the image, does it like do the resize and everything so you're able to use the full capacity of your SD card and all of that? So, you, you know, if you want to do logging or anything on the on your install disk, you're, you're good to go there? Okay. So the uh, software image is based upon Raspberry Pi OS. Uh, the full um, distribution. Uh, they basically have like a full distribution, a small distribution, then a lean distribution. And I'm using the biggest one of the three. Um, when their distribution startup, they do do an auto resize. And I tried to duplicate that with my image. And I thought I was doing the same things they're doing, but apparently it doesn't work. So uh, one actually does have to go to Raspi config and uh, do that step manually. And it's definitely something that has uh, gotten under my skin to fix, but and, but it, it's just one of these things that seems to be uh, a little, there, there's apparently a magical handshake that they're doing that I'm not doing to make it work. So uh, whenever I figure it out, it will be fixed. Is that included in your documentation anywhere during the install procedure? I have not actually gone through all of the, the docs you have out there. 
Uh, that's mentioned on the community support groups. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, and I have another person that writes the wiki, so I'm not actually sure if that's in the wiki. I have I've I've skimmed over the wiki, but I haven't read most of it. Um, surprisingly, I'm really good about putting together the image, but using the software is a totally another matter. <laughs> well, you do use the software, right? You wrote it after all, or you you compiled it after all. Uh, I use probably about 20% of the applications on there. Uh, 80% I really don't use on a daily basis. Well, right, but you do use HamPy, you know, in your shack as your image. So so you're doing it with, like, uh, rig control uh, interfaces and things like that based on your Raspberry Pi? Are you doing the whole digital thing uh, with weak signal and all that? Yes, I am. I And I am eating my own dog food. Uh, specifically, I'll run FL Rig, uh, FL Digi, uh, FL Message, uh, WSJTX, uh, DRATS, uh, Zaster, which is an APRS client, which I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, since it's uh, Linux, it's a specifically Linux, is not, I don't think it's cross-platform. Um, so uh, HamClock, so I use a, a fair number of applications, but uh, there, there, is, there is a good portion of the, of the uh, software that I haven't touched. Yeah, that's the same for me. Um, so, so are you familiar with the Debian Ham Radio Pure Blend? I have not used it. Okay. Well, that's going to make the next question kind of hard to answer because I was going to ask you how you find this different than the Debian Ham Radio uh, Pure Blend because it's a meta package that was created for Debian probably, what, four or five years ago now, I guess, Um that that references all the available ham radio software that's been packaged for Debian Linux, and if you install this meta package, then it installs like all of these things and gives you essentially an image of ham radio software. But of course, it's a two-step process because you have to do the install first, and then you have to do uh, the install of the meta package. So, so the work that you you've done to create all of this is done in the background, and then someone gets an image, so it's a pre-created ham radio image. So you're you're saving a step. For sure, um, so I'm not sure you can actually compare and contrast them because you're not really familiar with the pure blend. Well, I can compare based on what you just said, and uh, Hampi is a finished image, whereas what you're talking about is somebody's running Debian or maybe a Debian variant, um, and we'll go ahead and install that meta package, and then they take their time and everything, you know, goes and so forth. So, I mean, there's. There is a difference as far as the uh, installation uh, selection. Um, and there's also another difference, too. I, I'm not sure about the, uh, the uh, Debian ham blend, but uh, HamPy has a community support group on groups.io, and basically people uh, will share their different issues that they have. If somebody's having a problem getting something set up, uh, there's usually somebody else on there to be able to answer to to help them along with their individual problem. Oh, yeah, it's good. It's always nice if there's an actual support community around a project because that way you know exactly where to go to find answers to your questions. And I heard Bill unmute for a second there, so he probably had something to interject. No, no, I was just uh, I was just here. I, I haven't muted. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard myself coming back to me for a second, so I thought you might have wanted to say something. Um, well, do you want to say something? Oh, I can always say something. Well, I know you can always say something, but do you want <laughs> to say something? Do you have something relevant and interesting to say, I guess, is what I'm asking? No, I was just, uh, well, I probably do, yeah. So let's. Uh, <laughs> I was just kind of looking through all of the software, and, of course, you were talking about the Ham Radio Pure Blend. 
which installs a lot of stuff and installs a ham radio menu item inside of uh, your your windowing uh, environment, your desktop environment, and it installs a, a bunch of applications, but it doesn't install everything that he has here set up on the playbook, especially stuff that's specific to some of the newer SDR software and stuff that is not included only because it's uh, it's barely included in some of the <laughs> some of the some of the repos. So, uh, so that's kind of interesting. I, I did have a question a bit on the license. Um, having a custom license on top of stuff that is GPL'd, is that, uh, normal? I don't know if that is, uh, I don't know if that's, I don't, I'm not a lawyer either. I don't know GPL'd, if that's acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> I know you can't alter the license of anything, even if you package it. Um, of GPL software. So I'm just, I'm just wondering if you've had any questions about that particular custom license. I don't believe there are any incompatibilities between a custom license and a GPL. Uh, my license does not seek to take away any of the um, uh, rights and responsibilities for the included software packages. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I just wasn't sure. I just normally if, uh, if it's GPL underneath, it needs to remain that because you typically can't change the terms of the license. You can't add any restrictions or anything else. Um, let me, let know, me just say that it might be that the package, the image as a package might be able to be licensed as something other than GPL, but the software underneath it would still oh, okay. be GPL. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not, <laughs> but I'm, I'm speculating that, that HamPy as a project, as a, as an assembled image could be distributed under a different license, but the software contained within cannot, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. I just, I just didn't know. I was like, just seemed a little odd, but yeah, it looks really, it uh, looks really interesting. Um, uh, I know I was trying, this is what I was trying to do before we started to actually get the, uh, the ham PC side <laughs> loaded and running on, uh, on a PC, but I, I failed to, uh, I failed to actually get it to go because A, I needed a larger, uh, image, uh, uh, than 16 gig. <laughs> for the pc it's a it expands to 17.2 gig so i was like oh where's my 32 gig sticks <laughs> so, <laughs> so i found a 32 gig stick and i was like okay I, I got it so i put it on there and uh then i was like oh which pc am i gonna try this on so the only one i had was uh that i could turn off and turn back on quickly was this uh hp all-in-one and uh well i got the grub menu and uh now it's it looks like it has a uh uh, a video issue and it's blinking cursor. So <laughs> I have to, have to go back and actually try it out and, and, uh, and see everything under the hood. And, uh, I do have a, a few raspberry Pis here on the desktop, but I did not load that image quite yet. So I'm kind of, kind of excited to take a sneak peek because I'm, uh, I'm looking at some of the, uh, SDR stuff you got on here. Um, I was, I was kind of curious about, uh, SDR angel and if you've tried to use it, Dave, on a raspberry Pi because, it seems a little heavyweight, and I have not run, had good luck running it on PCs with, um, you know, what I would consider adequate hardware. And I, I don't know if you've tried it on a Pi, and does it work? It launches. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know how to operate SDR Angel. If somebody wants to show me how to do it, 
I'll certainly give it a try on the on the pie, but uh, I have communicated with the author, uh, the primary author of SDR Angel, because uh, at one point uh, there was a discrepancy uh, between the software repo for SDR Angel, the, the, the GitHub repo, and the build instructions. And uh, uh, it took a little bit of back and forth for me to get him to realize what the issue was. Um, so, uh, but once I got past that communications obstacle, uh, then we were able to, uh, uh, I was able to get SDR Angel to build on HamPy. And that's actually one of the big pieces. It takes uh, about 65 to 70 minutes to build on a Raspberry Pi 4. Um, when you launch it, it takes about a minute to start up, but once it's up and running, it seems to be pretty uh, responsive. Uh, but I have not actually turned it on, so to speak, uh, and actually run run it through it run it through its modes because I don't know how it actually works. Uh, um, I think you'll. By comparison, I think you'll. Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> by, compa- <laughs> by comparison, Cubic SDR, uh, I've used that on the Raspberry Pi four, and it runs great. Um, and GQRX, that also runs great. Now, if you're running on a Raspberry Pi 3, that barely has enough horsepower to run GQRX. Uh, Cubic SDR is, um, uh, the audio comes out very choppy, so it's really not usable. And I would assume that SDR Angel on a Raspberry Pi 3 is pretty much a lost cause. I think you're correct. And I think SDR Angel on a Raspberry Pi 4 might be as well. Unless you just turn everything off, unless you turn you know the waterfall off, the spectrum diagram, um, you know, if you if you turn everything off and have it just decoding SDR signals, it might be functional. But I'm going to guess no. GQRX tends to be much lighter weight and will run on lower uh, capacity hardware for sure. Uh, so I know it has no issue with running on a Raspberry Pi four or anything like that. So Bill Bill mentioned Ham PC, which of course is the like AMD sixty four variant of this instead of the ARM uh, version. But other than that, is it exactly the same? Is it is it something you could do an install from? Is there an installer on a PC type version, or is it just run from a stick, just like HamPy? Okay, so very good questions there. I may not remember every one, so I might have you repeat some of those. Um, Ham PC is very much. Uh, an initial build. This is the very first build of Ham PC from December. Um, it is beta software, and uh, I've seen people who were able to get it to work, and I've seen people who were had no luck getting it to work. Uh, one of the things, and this may be a, this may be a mistake on my part, since uh, I do not have as much experience building uh, live boots for x86 64 pcs or amd 64 pcs that i do with the raspberry pi um but it is uh uh built on a eufy boot rather than a legacy boot so uh, i believe that the next build i'm going to do a legacy boot for instead of eufy um and it is not exactly the same as ham pie it, it's it's 95 percent the same it's got the same menu structure it's got the same applications except uh, there are probably about three or four Raspberry Pi applications that are specific to the Raspberry Pi that don't work on the PC, so those are excluded. Um, but this is the powerful thing about Ansible. I'm using the very same Ansible playbook to install for the Raspberry Pi 
as well as install for for the uh, x86 PC. So the exact same steps are, are occurring to install the software. Uh, there are maybe a couple of minor differences here and there uh, where you have some things which are PC specific. Um, this is built on top of the Zubuntu image. And uh, I chose that because it also uses the XFCE window manager. And uh, I'm, I'm able to get the same uh, hierarchical menus working under the PC. So it's, it's providing the same user interface experience. Okay, and I think the other question I had in there, was it installer-based or is it just write an image to a stick and boot from the stick kind of thing? Or, or can you install it on like a hard drive? Um, I do not have an installer for it. It's basically copied the image to a stick. Uh, what I want to do is change it. Right now, it's basically a disk image. What I want to do is change it to a bootable ISO format. And this is something I don't have a lot of experience with. So if you or any of your um, subscribers would like to help me with that, I, I would certainly welcome that assistance. Now, Bill might be able to help you with that using Cubic. I don't know if you can combine Cubic with Ansible to do oh, something. Oh, okay. Absolutely. So you could run that, all your Ansible scripts probably right inside of uh, Cubic once it uh, sets up the uh, the image, and then you'd end up with a, a live ISO with everything installed. The only problem would be, mm, yeah, would it install everything? I don't know when you click the installer. It normally it has no problem if you add Debian uh, Debs to it and stuff like that, but I see you do a lot of compiling especially pulling daily builds from like WSJ, not WSJTX, but uh, FL Digi and stuff like that, which I wholeheartedly agree with. <laughs> I, no, I, I don't pull in daily builds. Uh, I pull in release versions. And that's a good point you brought up. Uh, Dave W1HKJ mm -hmm. of FL Digi fame, he has release versions and then he has alpha versions. Um, this does not build alpha versions of of FL Digi, and it does not install the pre-release of WSJTX. In fact, Hampi from uh, which I just re released released version 1.3 this last month in March mm. uh, includes WSJTX 2.3.0, even though um, Bill Somerville and Joe Taylor have a 2.4.0 RC. Four, I believe. So yeah, no, no, no pre-release software. You there. just grab the current version, basically. Uh, that's what I was. I was seeing you rename the file when you save it. That's why I thought you get the daily build. But uh, yeah, I see you grab the the main uh, release candidate that's actually sitting there, or actually general general availability release. You uh, you you just touched on something that I'm very proud of. Um, I have uh, some specialized curl slash grep code, which will search through the web page for the latest version string uh, for a number of different pieces of software, including WSJTX. So if somebody has different versions of their software available on a web page, it will grab the, the, the most recent version, uh, typically. <laughs> so I'm pretty happy about, I'm pretty happy and also proud that I've created that. Uh, I was just running through the list of software here, and it shows GPS support as a general item, not as a particular application. So does that have support for actual Raspberry Pi-based GPS, like hats and dongles and things? 
Okay, so um, what's not mentioned there is that it's got support for the draws board for Raspberry Pi. Um, the uh, the draws requires a special version of GPSD. So the GPSD software is pulled down and compiled. And uh, I even I even uh, run a single line of code uh, of GPSD through said to rewrite it so just so it will compile correctly. So uh, it's got it's got general G GPS support uh, available on it. All right, very good. I also see that Ted Williams software is all in here, all the TW things. So uh, Ted, we'll be happy to hear that you've included all of that. I see there's also FreeDV, so the Codec Two project and uh, Free Digital Voice is is represented. Uh, Qtel, so you've got um, Echolink, uh, Chirp, APRS, WeFax. Wow. Yeah, it's it's all kind of in here. Well, <laughs> except for two big ones, right? We got M Voice and Dude Star. Oh yeah, M Voice and Dude Star. Yeah, we definitely need to have you add those for sure. M seventeen. Um, uh, yeah, Dude Dude Star is definitely on my to do list. Uh, I just found out about it recently. See, I don't know all the programs out there, so what I depend upon is users like yourself to uh, say, I want program XYZ. And then if you go to the uh, the issues page on my GitHub and file a ticket, uh, I, will, I will happily add software to the HamPy image for the next release. So that's that's how I find out about it, is, is through users like you guys. Uh, very good. Well, DudeStar definitely needs to be included because that's going to be a very popular piece of software. Well, it already is a very popular piece of software, and it's going to be even more popular if it shows up on all these pre-compiled ham radio based images as they go forward because it allows you access to all of the available digital modes, including M17, which is uh, new and, and shiny and will be uh, something for the future ages. So definitely uh, some somebody, if not me or Bill, will submit <laughs> an issue <laughs> so, that, so that you include DudeStar on the next release for sure. Uh, just going down through the list, it's a lot of stuff that everyone's familiar with. Uh, Trusted QSL is also in here, PyQSO. So loggers, let's talk about loggers. Uh, CQR log is, is in there, and there's always a problem with CQR log properly installing MariaDB. Uh, have you have you addressed that issue, or do you just uh, hope it works? Uh, it's installed in there, and I and I smoke tested it. Um, it it, it started up and ran. I didn't really get into uh, very much with that because um, for the most part, I do CQR log on my laptop computer. Uh, with the Raspberry Pi, I mainly run WSGTX and FL Digi on it. Um, I save the trusted uh, QSL and the CQR log to my main laptop. And what I do is I have a shell script for Bash that will do an R-sync between the Raspberry Pi and my laptop. And then I have another shell script that does it in the reverse direction. So I will back up my WSJTX log file. And then I have another program uh, that's all, it's also included on HamPy that will upload my ADIF log entries uh, to EQSL, Club Log, and logbook of the world and it maintains a high watermark so it's not uploading my 10,000 ft uh, qsos uh, it's only uploading the last 50 i did or the last 10 or, or whatever number is the new number of of qsos i have so it, it it maintains a high watermark and only uploads the deltas all right and uh 
I'm going to put this out here now because I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't say so, but it also needs to include Grid Tracker. <laughs> <laughs> it's on there. Oh, it is? Oh, yeah, it, it is. is, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, it's, uh, it's under the weak signal apps. And uh, Grid Tracker was one of those apps that required a little bit of modification um, to the install to get it to work properly on the on the uh, Pi 4. Yeah, there was. I, I've had some issues with them talking about the um, the ARM sixty four builds as well. Um, so I'm glad to see that you've got it working, and I'm glad to see it's on there. They just released a new version actually a couple of days ago too. But we're not here to talk about Grid Tracker, even though it does come up a lot. Now <laughs> <laughs> um, Don posted a picture of his Pi cluster in the chat. In the chat, wow! Oh, do, wish we all had like all those pies we could waste on <laughs> a cluster. But uh, anyway, back to Hampi. So, uh, so what kind of feedback have you gotten from the the project? I mean, I'm a, you have a uh, a groups IO for what both images, just different ones. Uh, there's a groups.io for Hampi and a separate groups.io for HamPC. Uh, HamPC hasn't taken off uh, as well as Hampi yet, but uh, that's also because it's a much newer uh, product, and then. Lots of people already have uh, Unix solutions for laptop and desktop computers uh, that they're comfortable with. So HamPi is relatively is a relative newcomer uh, in an area that already has some some uh, pre-existing, if you want to call it, competition. So uh, I think it'll take a little while for HamPC to find its place. Um, Anyway, uh, one more thing. Uh, you guys were going through the applications. Yeah. Uh, here's another really big one. It's universal ham radio remote. It literally is remote control of your radio um, from like a smartphone or tablet to your Pi connected to your to your rig. It will send and receive audio and and it does rig control, so you can change the frequencies and uh, the mode settings. So tell me about that, because I haven't heard about that. Would that be similar to what they have on, like, the Rig Pi? It's pretty much the same thing, except for it's open source and it's not as polished. Uh, UHRR is the abbreviation for it. I'll see if I can get the website address here for you momentarily. Yeah, yeah, I'm into the package here, so I can get it from there. I see uh, it's an F4HTB uh, project he's got on GitHub. So I will definitely take a look at that. Uh, we have reviewed uh, uh, RigPi on here. Um, I guess it's been a while, maybe six months ago or something like that, before they released the new version. And, uh, yeah, they have, you know, the UI portion of that does have some encumbrances <laughs> for them to release it out. Um, but, uh, yeah, another uh, – this is this is one I haven't specifically heard of, and uh, that's why we like doing these little uh, – find about people's projects because they find about out about stuff that uh, we haven't heard about <laughs> yet. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, tell me, uh, well, you don't have to tell me a little bit about that, but uh, how did you find it? Uh, I heard about it through basically one of the shows like yourself. Um, it was either like ham radio 2.0 or ham radio crash course or somewhere on the web. I, I honestly don't remember where I learned about it. Uh, but it was either a YouTube video or maybe it was on um, QRZ or somewhere else on the web. Uh, yeah. But when I found out about it, I immediately pulled it down and tried it out. 
found a bunch of issues. And then since I'm a coder, uh, I went ahead and did a bunch of uh, local changes to my Git, my local Git repository, and then pushed it up as a well, sent it up as a pull request, and the author actually accepted a bunch of my changes. So uh, it's it's a better product because of my contribution under I'm assuming the GPL. <laughs> yeah, it says GPL three license. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I actually I think I have seen this now that I, I just navigated over there. So. I probably saw one of the earlier earlier versions of this. So uh, yeah, we'll have to take a look at that in a little bit more detail uh, later on, or uh, a whole nother show just to, to do that. Um, what what else on here is? Uh, I see you have uh, Team Viewers installed. Is that to help people be able to get to their screens easier? Actually, Team Viewer is not installed because that's commercial. Um, oh, I just saw it in the playbook. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, there is a playbook for it, but I it's not actually run. It's, I think it's disabled or turned off. Um, I was looking at installing. Uh, at, I was looking at installing an installer for people that could run to to download and install Team uh, Team uh, Team Viewer, but I never actually finished up on that. Uh, other things became more uh, became higher priorities. Yeah, plus they can already do VNC or whatever to their Pi, so shouldn't be that hard for people to get to their uh the raspberry pi's desktop yeah vnc runs great on there um and uh in my particular situation um first off i've changed the ssh port it's no longer 22 uh and i've turned off password authentication so it's it's key based only uh but i've put my pi up on the web uh now since i've been playing around with this it, not currently up on the web this second but I have put it up on the web in the past, and when I'm at my uh, local ha uh, ham radio club, uh, we meet at the, uh, uh, believe it or not, our local airfield, um, our, uh, our our county airstrip uh, in one of the hangars. Uh, I'm able to access my Pi from there, and and I've demoed it off uh, to groups of people at our at our local ham club, uh, and it's run perfectly over there. I see you have a Boink on here as well. What are you using that for? Uh, Boink is on there because that's part of that's part of the license that people have had a problem with. Um, specifically, um, Joe Taylor, if you're familiar with him, he got a Nobel Prize because he discovered the first pulsar. Mm -hmm. Well, what Boink is doing on there is it's running only on idle time. So when you're using the device, it it, it backs off and it doesn't run. Um, but when when the device is sitting there idle and not you know not running on battery power, um, it will go ahead and search for pulsars uh, through radio telescope uh, observations. So this fits in line with uh, ham radios, and that's doing radio telescope research, uh, and it's it's is basically trying to help find other pulsars. Um, it's mentioned very clearly in the license and also the README uh, that's there. Uh, and if people are really adamant that they don't like it, they can turn it off. But uh, it's it's an opt-out uh, so solution. Okay, yeah, so it's on by default. They would have to opt out manually themselves. That's correct. At this point, we try and let you address anything we may not have touched on that you think is of particular importance to your project or we just sort of neglected because we were skimming down through the list of applications or whatever or just tell us anything else about your project or anything else that you think our listeners might want to know about. 
Oh, there are uh, two things I'd like to mention. One is, yeah, we didn't touch upon every category. Um, just like your ham radio blends for Debian, uh, there is an antennas category and a uh, digital voice and logging category. Uh, we did talk about any of the Morse apps, but uh, the Morse apps are uh, kind of a bit older on there. They're like, you know, convert this convert this text file or ebook uh, into like an MP3 file with Morse code at like, you know, 15 words a minute or 18 words a minute or something like that. Um, there's also some packet applications on there, uh, some DX cluster software. In fact, for the D, for the DX cluster, there's both clients and there is one server called DX Spider. And uh, so if somebody wants to run a DX cluster server, they can on it. Um, there's also satellite applications. Uh, uh, specifically, G-Predict is on there, and there's another one which I don't remember the name of for satellite prediction. Um, we did talk about the software-defined radio, and uh, and there's also uh, tutorials slash training, although those applications are quite a bit older and I'm not sure are even pertinent, but it's, it's the latest that's available, so those are included. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that uh, you asked me what appears on the desktop, and I, of course I said that the HamPi logo appears on top of a blue background. Um, but also there are three files on the desktop. One is the README uh, for HamPy. Uh, the second is the draws instructions. If somebody has a draws board that wants to use it with HamPy, HamPy supports draws pretty much out of the box. Uh, the third one is a give back PDF, which I hope people will open up. Uh, it talks about um, very briefly my uh, history with family courts, uh, custody, and divorce. And uh, it's a plea to people, uh, it's a request to people to, if they can donate just a small amount of money to the father's rights movement or another charity called Americans for Equal Shared Parenting. Uh, these are both organizations that support what's called a rebuttable presumption of 50-50 shared parenting. Uh, right now, your listeners may or may not know, uh, the way divorce courts are structured in pretty much all 50 states, although as of yesterday, it's now 48 states um, because Arkansas just passed this law. Um, one person becomes, after divorce, one parent becomes a regular parent or stays a parent, and the other parent becomes what's called a non-custodial parent, which is a fancy term for visitor. And what that, hap what that means is that the children of divorce don't get to see both parents all the time. 85% uh, of the time, the uh, father becomes a non-custodial parent, but 15% of the time, it's the mother that becomes a non-custodial parent. Children, de children deserve parents, not visitors. And so what to give back is basically to raise awareness about this. Uh, this is this is affecting millions and millions and millions of kids in the United States alone. And of course, other countries as well. But I'm just trying to focus on on my country here. So that's pretty much that. I just wanted to say that uh, HamPi and HamPC have two charities, uh, Americans for Equal Shared Parenting, which is trying to pass the 50-50 laws and uh, shared parenting laws in the U.S. and the Father's Rights Movement, which uh, supports uh, not just fathers, but parents, uh, mothers and kids, too, in divorce. So that's pretty much it. And thank you for letting me do my little spiel on that. Well, not at all. That's that's fine. I mean, most of the people, when, they, <laughs> when we ask them what we've forgotten, it's something about the project or anything like that. I'm not sure we've had any, like, actual activism 
<laughs> before today, <laughs> um, which is fine, absolutely fine. I'm I'm all about supporting good causes. And Tony in the chat room wanted to know if you could elaborate on any support that Hampi has for SDR play uh, that you're aware of or uh, describe it because he's tried several other distributions that do not support it properly or do not support it at all. Ah, that's my favorite SDR. I've got two of them. Uh, so uh, thank you, listener, whoever you are, for asking about SDR play. Uh, I have an SDR play 2, uh, RSP 2, and I have an SDR play uh, RSP DX. And HamsPy supports both of them with Cubic SDR and GQRX. Uh, now, I haven't launched Cubic SDR under the HamPy 1.3 build, but I would be incredibly surprised if it did not work for some reason. And if it doesn't work, let me know, and I will fix it post-haste because that's my favorite uh, SDR is the SDR play uh, for receive only, of course. All right, good. Well, we got, you got a cool with multiple exclamation points. So, um, And if it doesn't work, I'm sure you'll be hearing about it. <laughs> so, all right, excellent. Hey, I, I, I've developed a very thick skin over the time Hampi has been out. Uh, what's, what's, what's cool about something like this and there have been over 30,000 downloads of HamPi to date. Uh, what's cool about this is that after you get some level of success, then you build up some haters. And I have some haters now, so that tells me I'm, I've gotten some level of success. So I'm pretty happy about getting the haters. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We when, when this show first started getting hate mail, we knew we'd made it. So, all right. That's good. Anything else um, that you want to touch on? I know you you brought up your points and your charity and everything, but uh, is there anything else we didn't touch on? We'll we'll of course have links to the project and the wiki and the groups IO and all that stuff in the show notes, so people will be able to to find you and uh, get support and everything and test out the Hampi project. Uh, but is there any last thing you want to touch on before we go ahead and wrap this up? Uh, I basically just want people to enjoy Hampi. It's uh, uh, it's not for everybody, but then it, it's definitely for somebody because I know there's been th- 30,000 plus downloads of it uh, in the last uh, year and so many months. Um, just have fun with it. If you have any issues with it, join the Hampi community support group on groups.io and post the problems that you're having and we'll try to solve them. Um, lots of people have used Hampi for go boxes, uh, go kits. Uh, out in the field, I had some uh, uh, scouting troops emailing me saying, hey, can you add such and such software? So I added it to the next version. Uh, if you want changes made to it, there is an issues page on the uh, HamPy uh, GitHub page. And uh, also, um, HamPy isn't just other people's software. It's my software, too. Specifically, uh, I've written a number of Python scripts that get included with HamPy. Uh, a couple of them are around WSJTX. Um, one of them is a log file adapter, which allows WSJTX under Linux to talk to N3FJP under Windows. Um, N3FJP doesn't natively talk directly to WSJTX. And uh, on the PC, uh, there are there are third-party apps that connect it. But uh, those are Windows-based apps, so I wanted to provide a Linux-based solution. Uh, also, uh, WSJTX doesn't uh, give you, when you, when you log new entries, it, it has an empty name field. So I wrote a program that, that does a lookup on QRZ 
or calllook.info, and, and maybe eventually I'll add QTH, uh, whatever the rest here, whatever the rest of the website name is, uh, support. But it basically edits the log entries as they get after they get written. It, it appends the name to the logs. Uh, so I mean, there's number of there's number of my applications included with this, and uh, uh, it's 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 very much a labor of love, and it, it gets better when people let me know that if something's not working. I mean, I I while I appreciate getting the fan mail and all the good words, uh, I need to hear the criticism too. Just be gentle about it. <laughs> anyway, uh, just thank you very much, and uh, and uh, oh, one other thing about the about the popularity. Um, so I watched the Howard Stern movie, Private Parts, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, however long it was. And they showed uh, the, the NBC executives after they hired him said, well, uh, they, were getting a they were getting tons and tons of fan mail and phone calls and so forth. And the phone calls, uh, they said, how long, are how long are our listeners listening? And they said, oh, the people that like Howard Stern are listening two hours. And then they said, "Well, what about the people who don't like them? Oh, well, they really stay on. They really stay on the station. They listen to them for about six hours. <laughs> so the people that hated it was were actually giving them the most amount of attention." <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and that's exactly why we asked that question because we wouldn't have asked about any of that stuff if <laughs> we hadn't left it open for you to bring up. All right, very good. Well, thank you very much, Dave, for for being here tonight and for telling us all about HamPi and these projects. I, I'm looking forward to giving one a spin here and seeing how it works. I'm, I'm probably going to pick up a couple of more pies here before too long, and uh, because I've, I've I've actually used them all up at this point, <laughs> so um, I'm going to get a couple of pies. I'm going to try this on one. I'm I'm curious to see how some of these applications work, and I'm interested in uh, in seeing how you, how you're progressing uh, with this. And I love to see that the development is active and that you're actively taking uh, requests and uh, issues and complaints from the community and uh, treating them with respect and and dealing with them uh, appropriately. So it's always great. I forgot to mention one more thing. Um, so another developer who's very familiar with Ansible and he's retired, unlike myself, cause I have a day job. Uh, he reached out to me because he wants to help out with an arm 64 build of this ham pie. And I told him go right ahead. And uh, so uh, I don't know how far he's gotten yet exactly. Cause we just started talking, but uh, uh, hopefully he's able to uh, make some good things happen and, and uh, so right now, HamPi is 32-bit on a 64-bit ARM processor. So uh, he's working on an ARM 64 build of HamPi. So we'll see how that comes along. All right, fantastic. Well, it's always good to see active development. And I know we'll be keeping in touch to find out where you're going with the project. And maybe we'll have you on again at some point in the future. So you can tell us all the great new things that have shown up in HamPi. But in the meantime, we'll probably go ahead and wrap this up and let you uh, get on with your evening. Uh, I know it's getting late for you out there in the Eastern time zone, but thanks once again for being here. We're really glad you were here to share the project with us. Thank you, Russ. And thank you, Bill, for having me on tonight. I, it was, it was my pleasure. All right. Fantastic. Anything you got, Bill, before I wrap this up, just to make sure I'm uh, covering all our bases. No, no. Thank you. Uh, thank you again, Dave. And uh, yeah, we we'll look forward to seeing this project continue to grow. Okay. Thank you. And 73. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you once again. Uh, have a great evening. And we hope uh, all the people who have been listening to this also have a great evening and a great week until we record again. 
Uh, and with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. We do not have any feedback or announcements tonight that I'm aware of, unless Bill has something that he has not made me aware of. Nothing that is time pressing. So, uh, no, but we probably want to mention those folks in the chat room. Yes, we should do that. We had with us tonight Darren, VK6EK, all the way from Dalanda. We had Tony K4XSS, who gave us the great question about SDR Angel. We had Don KC9ZMY, Don KB2YSI, and probably other people that we don't know about. But thanks, everybody, for listening to us live, and thanks, everybody, who's downloaded the program and listened to it after the fact. And uh, maybe you should join us on Discord or uh, via the streaming live audio some night hear us live and hear all the stuff you don't get to hear in the released version but with that let's go ahead and wrap this up this has been an episode with dave w3djs author of ham pie and ham pc episode number 406 our deep dive episode of linux in the ham shack and for the on assignment cheryl w5moo i'm russ k5tux and i'm bill ne4rd 73 Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The show is recorded live every Thursday at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord you can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW that's 1-909-547-7469 visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show themed merchandise become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or hamfest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. <laughs> <laughs>